Welcome to the Wake Up Podcast. I am so excited that you're here. Listen, these podcasts are best listened to in the morning because we are waking up not only our bodies from sleeping, but we're waking up our minds. We're waking up our focus. We're waking up our calling and we are following the breadcrumbs that God has left for us throughout the day over our life to tell us exactly what to do next. So stop saying that you don't know what to do. Stop feeling overwhelmed. Stop living in the valley and start walking into your calling. So I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the show. Today, I wanted to talk about something a little bit different. I have seen the devil take hold of my sisters that I love so much and just drag them into darkness. And for me, I'm showing up every single day to help you guys out of the valley and help you to stay out of the valley. And sometimes that means when you get drugged back down into a hole, I'm the one that has to jump down the dark hole and grab you and pull you out. And I'm realizing it's not just me that's supposed to do this. We are all supposed to be doing this as sisters and as a family unit in Christ. And we don't do a good job at doing this all the time because of our former traumas and hurts and betrayals. We put these walls up to protect ourselves and we get offended and we're not able to go and rescue the people we need to because of the tool that the devil uses, which is offense. And he uses it for us not going in the holes to help save people but he also uses it against us to drag us into the holes and we don't realize it. And I've had this come up so many times recently where I'm talking to women and they admit these offenses that they've had or in my recovery group that I'm in, in my church called new life. Um, You can find all the information. If you click the link in my bio on Instagram at Taryn Sarconi, scroll to the very bottom there's a resource for new life. You've, you've heard me talk about it quite a few times. So if you feel like this is something that you'd be interested in and you're not in my area, you can actually join a group online. If you are in my area, our brand new class starts in January and it runs for a whole year, but in new life, it's a 12 step program and it helps you go through recovery from anything. There's a list of like 110 things that you can choose from. And I have like 45 of the things on the list. I'm like, how do you narrow this down? Uh, But you can be in there for things like alcohol and addiction to being offended and being angry and having anxiety and mental health and everything in between. And we're on step nine right now or step 10, but we just finished step nine and it was all about making amends. And we've gone through forgiveness and we really pulled back, went through the layers of the onion about how our cores are offended and hurt. And we put up all these walls. And then as you trust God and you let him handle the situations the right way, you really are letting go of the devil who has a stronghold on areas of your life. And you're able to live a little more free and you're able to experience this new life that God promises for us to have. And I have noticed that so much by holding on to the anger and hurt and resentment of my biological father of abandonment to being offended by friendships and people that hurt me and betrayed me and uh, misunderstandings and hurts that were done both ways. And As I'm going through this class with a bunch of my friends, when we had to make amends, we had to get together and tell each other, I'm sorry for, I need to make amends. I'm sorry for holding this resentment towards you, or I'm sorry for judging you, or I'm sorry for gossiping about you, or sorry for believing those lies. And I've had two people recently make amends with me. And I also have a very dear friend right now that's going through this season where the devil has dragged her off and has her tied up in a cave because she's so offended because of her perspective 
and because of her emotions that the devil is clinging on to and he has isolated her and pulled her away and i can see how much the devil really uses this spirit of offense to isolate us and divide our relationships and that's the devil's main goal is he wants you away from the people that are speaking God's truth. He doesn't want you on this podcast. He doesn't want you listening to the recording. He doesn't want you to go to church. He doesn't want you connected to stronger Christian influences and mentors in your life. He doesn't want you with those people. And so he will try anything he can to get you away from them. And I shared before that I've almost left my church multiple times because I was offended, because I was looking at things from a different lens, because I was using past hurts and traumas to cause emotions in my life and just really see things that weren't there. And that's really what happens when you are living in an emotion, you're seeing things through a distorted lens. So how you're seeing the situation, it doesn't actually exist that way, but it's the story that your mind has made up and you've told yourself and you're using it to protect yourself and to keep people away from you. But it's really a huge problem right now that I'm seeing. And I know that it affects all of us individually. Like we get offended and it's in our spirit and we get hurt by the things people say or how they treat us or what they do or rejection that we make up in our minds. And it keeps us from God's will and his calling on our life because of this feeling inside of us. But also, I want you to look at this call from two perspectives. The first one is this happening to you, and you're getting offended, and you're getting your feelings hurt for no reason. It's just because you made it up in your head, and the devil is using it to really pull you away and isolate you from the goodness But I also want you to look at this as a spiritual battle where you are going into the fire and pulling out other offended people instead of making it all personal and being hurt and having this feeling. Because when someone rejects me or someone is offended by me, so I've, I've been around a lot of people and I've, I've worked in businesses where I've had huge teams of a lot of people and I've offended a lot of people. A lot of people have been offended by me because of how I said something or how I acted or how I did something. And I am not in the wrong. I'm sure sometimes I was, but if I am not in the wrong and I know that, you know, like I just, they slipped through the cracks or I was focused on something and I missed them or I didn't mean to make them feel that way. It's very easy for me to just put up a wall and be like, well, forget it. (laughs) If you want to be offended, go right ahead then. Just, you know, go do your thing. It's easy to just shut people out. And if you've dealt with abandonment, that's a very natural reaction. If you've been abandoned or rejected or betrayed before, you instantly just put up this wall like, nope, don't care. I'm going to protect myself. Here I am in my little walls and I say, you get out of my walls forgetting about you, don't care, not listening, goodbye, get out of my life, you're toxic, whatever. And I've had to do that with a lot of people. But as I've grown in my faith, and I've learned what God says, I realized that a lot of these situations were actually the devil trying to get these people away from me, because he didn't want me in their lives. He didn't want me speaking truth to them. And it really wasn't their decision to say, forget Taryn, I'm out of here. It was really my decision where I got offended because they were offended. And so then they left my life. And I have a list of probably 10, 20 people that I have like blocked out of my life. Like you're blocked on every social media platform from my phone. They don't live by me. Thank God. I won't ever have to see them. Some of them do. And I think, what if I run into them again? And this is how I felt. But as I've gone through this new life program, I really just opened my eyes to see that I am at fault here too. And they were drug into a hole from the devil and they were offended and he wanted to isolate them. And I fell right into his trap. And instead of me being a sister in Christ who realizes this is a spiritual battle and I'm going to go and clear the air and make sure that there is not a divide between us 
I got offended and ran away and they're still stuck in a hole and they have no godly influences around them. They're believing everything the devil says. They're isolated. They're down there. And here I am living my life, preaching to everyone to be like Jesus and love your neighbor. But I have these things that I have done to my neighbors and to my sisters, but I didn't realize it. And we do these things. And this is, this is very vulnerable, like me sharing all this stuff, because it is, they have been things that I have truly felt like I deserve protection or I don't deserve this in my life. I don't deserve this kind of toxic manipulation or this type of abuse or this type, like, I don't deserve this, this like righteousness of what I deserve and what I don't. But we forget that our main job is to bring people to Christ. Our main job is to spread the good news. When Jesus died on the cross and came back to his disciples, he said, I came so that we can be together forever. Now go and spread the good news. Teach people about me, create disciples, teach them about what I've said and how I've instructed them to live. This is his commandment of what he gave us to do. And here I am saying, I'm a devout Christian. I'm in full-time ministry work. I'm devoted my whole life to Jesus, but I'm still doing these things that are totally of the devil falling right into his trap and not even realizing it. And one thing happened recently where I went to our women's meeting that we have the third Wednesday of every month. It's called Arise and about a hundred women get together and we hear someone speak and we have coffee and some snacks and we sit at tables of about eight people or so. Well, I walked in and sat next to two of my friends and had another friend with me and our table filled up. And a few minutes later, I had a leader from Arise come up to me and say, hey, is there room at your table? We have this brand new girl who's here with a baby. She's never been to our church before. She's never been to Arise. And she said, I am speaking today, so I can't sit with her. I don't want her to sit by herself and feel like she doesn't know anyone. I want her to sit with you. And we had already had two additional women pull up chairs to our table. So there was not even room to just like squeeze her in. So I said, I will move to this table next to where I am with my friend who I came with and their seats over there. So I will move to this table and she can sit with us and we'll get to know her. So she feels comfortable. Well, this happened a few months ago and I just found out yesterday that one of the women that I was sitting with got offended because she saw me get up and leave and go to a different table with my other friend. She thought I was friends with this new girl and she felt offended like, oh, someone better came along and Taryn got up and moved tables and brought her other friend with her. She must not like me. She must not want to sit by me. She must not care. And she's built up this wall and this story in her head over the last few months. She didn't talk to me about it. I had no idea that this is how she felt. She didn't know the real story. I didn't want to get up and move and go sit with this stranger that I didn't even know. But that's what God wanted us to do. And so I was doing the right thing in God's eyes, but it offended her. And she stopped coming to the Arise meetings because of it. Something so simple, if you would have just communicated, you would have realized that this isn't how it was. Another situation that my sweet friend, who is in my new life group with me, we went to breakfast last week and she's like, I have to make amends with you. I'm like, okay. She's like, when we first met, we were actually at a friend of our, a mutual friend of ours cabin. We were invited with our families to go up to her cabin. And this was probably um, eight years ago. Sophia was very little and we went to the cabin and she said, that's the first time I ever met you. And you were so standoffish and you seemed like you did not care to meet me and to know me. And I felt very rejected by you. And ever since then, I've had this idea of who you were and I've never really liked you. And I have done my best to stay away from you. 
And because I felt like you rejected me. Well, what she didn't know was during that time of my life, I was struggling with the worst postpartum depression I had ever had. And I wasn't just dealing with postpartum depression, but I was already depressed before I even had a baby. And I was struggling with my own identity and who I was. And I was isolating myself. I had terrible anxiety, social anxiety, all types of anxiety. I didn't even want to go to this cabin, but I went, I pulled myself out of my shell and it took everything in me just to show up there. And I didn't want to talk to people. I was depressed. I hated myself. I hated my life. I was overthinking, overanalyzing. I was in a deep valley. I wasn't feeling social. So I was struggling with something and she took offense to it and held on to it for eight years. And her and I now, since we have gotten to really know each other through this group, we realize that we are so much the same. We have gone through so much of the same. We are, we think the same. We, we have so many similarities and have gotten so close and have helped each other so much on our journeys. But for eight years, we went to the same church, our kids in the same class, and we never connected because of offense. Imagine how much more God could have used her in my life or I could have been in her life if we weren't offended by these things. And everything we do just gets taken out of context. We're all focused on ourselves. So it's like, this is how I feel like this happened. I feel like she's rejecting me. I feel, and if you have post-trauma or hurts or problems, this is even more so your case because you've already experienced this. So this warning signal goes off in your mind, like, hold on, we're not gonna let anyone take advantage of us. We're not gonna let anyone make us feel less than. Nope, warning, warning. And you just put these walls up and you make this little safe area. But that's not who we're called to be. That's not who we're called to be in Christ and in the world. We're meant to go out and change the world and be different. We're called to be disciples of Christ which means you're a follower of Christ. And the definition of following is moving directly behind someone. So we're all, we're in two categories. We're either learning to become a disciple or we are a disciple. We're learning how to follow. We're like, oh, okay, what does this mean? How do I follow Jesus? And you're learning what he has said to us, what he has said about us, what he's instructed us to do. You're learning, you're in that learning moment. Now, the learning never stops. You could be a disciple of, of God and you're still learning 20 years later. But it's those initial very first moments of learning. Some of you might be there where you're like, I just started reading my Bible. I just started going into a church. I just started learning what it's like to follow Christ. Or you may be someone who's been following Christ for a while and you already know a lot of the things that he's taught us and you have been following his path directly behind him. Now you haven't done it perfectly. You know, you might drift off into the bushes every now and then, but you're doing the best you can to follow where he's going and to pay attention. But Matthew 24 actually talks about the end times. And he says that right before Jesus comes back, that many will be offended. Many will betray one another and will hate one another. And that's what we're seeing happen. And if we were all in a room right now and I could say, raise your hand if, you've, if you're if you currently offended by something, I bet everyone's hand would go up. If not, 75% of people would say, I'm I'm currently offended over something. And if your hand doesn't go up, it's just because you haven't had your eyes open to it yet. You're just hearing this like, oh, is this me? Have I been offended? Have I struggled with this? Because a lot of us are like, no, I don't, I don't think, I don't think I'm offended. Like I'm not in the wrong, but just because you're not in the wrong doesn't mean that you're not doing this. Like I I wasn't in the wrong at any of these things. And it was just out of self-protection of, nope, get out of my life. I don't want this confrontation. I don't want this conflict. If you don't like me, then goodbye. Well, that still isn't being obedient and doing what you're supposed to. We are in the end times. Like Jesus is going to come back sometime soon. It might not be in the next 50 years or 100 years, but it is It is getting closer every single minute, every single day. It's getting closer and closer. 
And we're seeing a lot of these things come to fruition that they talked about in the Bible. Many people will be offended. And Proverbs 18, 19 says, a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. So it's harder to win than a strong city. What did a strong city have that made them strong? They had secure walls all around their city so that nobody could get in. They had guards standing there that were armed. They had a military or an army inside that was ready to fight for their city. They have a strong city and an offended person is harder to win than it is that strong city. There's walls around, actual walls around the city, but in us, they're strongholds. Those are the walls and the strongholds are the thought processes that we develop inside of our souls that are not from God. Like I need to protect myself and put up these walls and push anyone away because I don't want to get hurt again. You're not going to abandon me. I'm going to abandon you first. You're not going to abandon me again. I've already known what that feels like and I will not let that happen anymore. And this is a stronghold. It's this, it's this thought of I'll break up with you before you break up with me so that I feel like I'm in control. It's not biblical. God doesn't say that. He says to love. He says to give. Everything that God says is love and give and be blessed and do not be offended and be gentle and have the fruits of the spirit, joy, patience, peace, love, all these things that he tells us to have. He doesn't say get offended and be mad and push people out of your life. He actually says to be careful. So whether you're first learning to be a disciple or you've been following this for a while, you need to be very careful because the Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians, um, it's five, chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. He says, see then that you walk circumspectly, which I'm going to tell you what that word means in a minute, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So the word circumspectly means to be careful to consider all circumstances and possible consequences. So you're walking very carefully. And actually the Latin word for circumspectly literally translate, translates into look around. So this is Paul's way of urging Christians to look very carefully at how they live and behave. And like I said, not just as new Christians, very carefully. As you walk around, think of all the circumstances and consequences very carefully. You know what you can't do carefully is think of your, your consequences and your circumstances as you're rushing through your life. Like think of a minefield of all these mines that are in the field and you can see them. If you get up close enough to them, you can be like, that's a mine. I can see that. But let's say you're running through the field. Do you think that you're going to be able to be careful? Absolutely not. So the devil will get behind you and push you so that you're running so fast you can't even think of what's going on. You wake up in the morning. I, we do a great job of this. You wake up to your alarm. Oh my gosh, I overslept. Get up. I have to make my coffee. I have to shower. I have to get ready. I have to do my makeup. I have to pack my stuff. I have to drop my kids off at school. I have to make sure they have everything. I'm rushing. I'm on the phone talking while I'm rushing. I'm stopping for coffee. I get to work. I'm doing my job. I'm so busy at work. I don't even think about anything that's not work. I'm doing my work so fast and I'm so busy. And then I get in my car and I'm coming home and I'm thinking about what I need to do when I get home. I'm stopping at the grocery store, have to get groceries, come home, make dinner, feed the kids, bathe the kid, whatever you're doing. I mean, you could even just be a single person and your life is busy. You're like, okay, I need to make sure I do that for the dog. And, oh, I have to pay those bills. And, oh, I have to call my mom. I forgot that it's her birthday. And I have to get her a birthday present. And what am I going to be for Halloween? And I have to do that birthday party. And I have to, I mean, it's constantly, there are so many things that we are constantly doing. And then let's say that you have a minute where you're stopped at a red light. We don't sit there and think, okay, I'm going to be present. You maybe say a little prayer. What do you do? You pick up your phone and you start scrolling for the minute that you're stuck at the red light. Because any minute that you're left to do nothing, your brain is like, oh, we need to fill this with something. 
So you're watching TV, a commercial comes on or an ad. My kids are like, what are commercials? I was like, um, there are these things that used to come on in between. They used to stop your show. They're like, oh, like ads. I'm like, yeah, I guess that's pretty much the same thing. So, you know, an ad comes on or a commercial. And what do you do? You instantly pick up your phone and you're like, oh, let me pick up my phone. Even if you don't have notifications, even if nobody has texted you, even if you just checked Instagram and Facebook, what do you do? You're there like refreshing Instagram, refreshing your email, looking at your text, looking at your recent calls. You're just like busying yourself nonstop. You cannot look at what you're doing circumspectly as you're walking if you are just running and rushing and hustling nonstop, it's impossible. Slow down and stop making mistakes. That's what we do. If we're going too fast and we're making mistakes and Caitlin in the medical field, you know, you're going too fast. You make a mistake. You don't check a chart. You don't do something. You make a mistake. They're like, slow down. You're going to kill somebody. Slow down. It is the exact same thing with this. Slow down. You're going to kill somebody. Slow down. It might not be a physical death. It could be a spiritual death. You could be going so fast that you're like, forget it. I'm just in survival mode. And you're realizing that these people that God have placed in your life, who he wants you to help them, he wants you to pour into them and speak life over them. You're like, forget it. I'm done with you. Goodbye. And he's like, dang it. I really wanted them in Taryn's life. She fell for the devil's scheme. We live in a dangerous time in this world. We are constantly deceived. We are constantly tempted. And 1 Peter 5, 8 says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil, who prowls around like a lion waiting for someone to devour. We've talked about that before. How do you attack a gazelle if you're a lion? You get the gazelle by himself. You're not going to run up to the entire herd because you can't face the gazelle because they'll all turn and come after you, even though you're a lion and you're stronger than everyone else. If they all come to you at the same time, you won't have a chance. You have to get someone by themselves, like push them away. You get behind him and you push him away. That's what the lion does. He gets behind the gazelle and he runs after him and then he gets in between the herd and he starts pushing him away to isolate him by himself. That's exactly what's happening here. Stay alert is the first part of this message. Stay alert. Do not fall asleep. Wake up. Look around. Slow down. What is happening in your life? Are you being alert or are you just running through your day forgetting that the devil is sitting around prowling, waiting for someone to devour? That might be you. Satan wants to isolate, divide, and destroy relationships. That is what he wants. And if we are not careful, we're going to fall right into that trap. The book by John Bevere called The Bait of Satan is probably one of the best books I have ever read. And he talks about offense being the bait of Satan. This is how he lures us away by being offended. Now, one of my friends who I said right now is currently being lured away. She has created this whole idea in her mind of what's happening and none of it is true. And there are a lot of Christian friends that know this, that can see what's happening and we know. And this is why I kind of had this urgency to talk about this today. It's because originally I, I heard about that she no longer is going to her Bible study because she feels like her ideas are just different. Um, she's always asking questions like, does God really say to not have sex before you're married? I mean, does he really say that we shouldn't drink? Does he really say these things? She just, she is a brand new Christian who came from a lot of abuse, a lot of heartache, a lot of struggle. And she's older. She's in her like 60s or 70s. So she's had a long life of hardship and struggle. So she's learned a lot of safety tricks to protect herself. 
So she also has been made to feel rejected in the past and to feel like an outsider. And I know this because I've gotten close to her and I've heard her talk about this. We've done Bible studies together. And what has happened is she got this idea in her mind that she's just different. She's never going to be like everyone else. She should just stop coming because she's never going to be like everyone else. She's just causing divide in the group. And she's just not going to do this anymore. None of that is the truth. Every single person loves her different views. It challenges us as Christians. It helps us to see how other people think. Now, can you be in the wrong group of people? Absolutely. If you're in a group where it's all just condemnation and judgment and you're going to hell and shame on you and, you know, that is very different. She's in a very loving group of people. So she decides, forget it. I'm not coming anymore. I'm just not doing this. I was crazy to even think that I was going to start to do this and feel like this. So she started venting and talking to some friends that are of the world that are not Christians. And she's telling them her side of the story. And their advice is, yeah, you need to get away from that group of people. You shouldn't be with people that make you feel like that. You should definitely not go back. You should not go to a church that makes you feel like that which I agree with the advice if the advice was given from hearing the right side of the story. But because her emotions are involved, what's actually happening is very distorted. And she's seeing things and hearing things through a different lens and through different audio that doesn't actually really exist. So she's painted this whole picture. Now she has this group of people that are telling her, run, like get away. You should not be a part of that. So what I've seen happen is the devil got right in and pushed her away and was like, nope, you need to get out of here. You need to get away from this group of people. But what I also saw was the natural fleshly desire in all of us that are still a part of this group is like, whatever, you know, if she, she wants to go, like, we can't force people to stay. We can't force people to believe this isn't a cult. We're not going to drag you here and force you to open your eyes and to listen. So whatever, you know, if she thinks that it's going to be easier out there on her own then let her go, go ahead. Bye. Like that's the natural response. Like love her. I'm sad for her, but you can't force people. You know, you can, you can lead a horse to the water. You can't force them to drink it. So whatever, if this is what happens, this is what happens. This was like our natural first response. And then God told me to put my emotions aside. And when I put my emotions aside, because my emotions were attached to my trauma, my emotions were attached to, you're not going to reject me. You're not going to abandon me. You're not going to end this relationship. I'm going to end this relationship. Don't say that there's something wrong with me. I didn't do anything wrong. You know, this is my emotion. It's triggered like this because of how I was wired and what I've experienced. So this is a trigger for me. So God said, Karen, put your emotions aside. And I picked up my own, I picked up like my, I felt like I picked up the little girl inside of me. That's like, you know, mad and I like picked her up and moved her to the side, recognized her trauma and how she felt like, honey, I get it. I know you're hurt too, but this isn't really about you. This is about her. And every battle we're fighting is a spiritual battle. We are not fighting flesh. We are fighting spiritual forces. And I was telling my mom, I'm like, you know what we need to do? We need to fight for her because if the devil ever drags me into a pit, I pray to God that I have sisters in Christ that come into the pit and drag me out. If I'm kicking and screaming and want to stay there, they pull me out. So that means that if I start having an affair on my husband and I start cheating and I start making up this whole second life that I want to live and feel like there's all these problems in my marriage and I just want to be out. I hope to God that my friends pull me back and reveal to me what is going on for real. Or if I start struggling with drugs <clears throat> or alcohol and addiction 
and I go there, I don't want people to say, you know what, let her do her thing. We can't really do anything. I want you to drag me to the church, drag me to the altar, have me prayed over, anointed over. If I start going into this hole of depression, I pray to God that somebody comes over to my house and bangs on my door and speaks life over me and tells me that I'm chosen and I'm anointed and I am different and I am not depressed and I am not under this depression spirit, but I am a new creation of Christ and I am a living soul of God that I am special and chosen and set apart. And I pray that someone rescues me from the pits of hell that Satan drags me into while I'm alive. We need to step up for our sisters and go into the flames and put our own emotions aside and say, I am not going to let the devil drag you away. I am not going to let him isolate you. I am not going to let him tell you lies. I am not going to let him keep you from this because you are experiencing the love of God for the last year and you're getting so close to him and you're realizing your hurts and your pain and your trauma, they weren't all for nothing and God has a plan for your life. And then all of a sudden you're swept away. You're just swept away from all of this life and all this goodness that God has planned for you. We cannot let this happen to the people that we love. And it's going to be hard because Nobody really wants someone coming in their face and telling them you're doing this wrong. You're, you're thinking of this wrong. You're, you're, you're blowing this out of context. You're letting your emotions get the best of you. And nobody wants to hear that. So you're going to get some rejection. You're going to get some feedback. So what you need to do though, is you need to be asking for wisdom. So uh, if we are to walk circumspectly, where we're slowing down, we're looking around at what's happening to us, we must discern the will of God. And how do we gain the wisdom to know what God's will is? There's two things. One, you start by asking for it. So James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So James 1.5 says that. If you lack wisdom, if you don't know God's will, if you don't know what to do in your own life or in someone else's life, ask for it. That's where prayer comes in. And we did praying part one on episode 80. So if you missed it and you're new to praying or you really have never understood what praying is or how to do it, listen to episode 80, praying part one. We're going to be talking about praying part two next year on Wednesday when we record. It's going to be episode 85. So if you want to look back in a couple of days, episode 85, maybe you're listening to this recording and episode 85 is already out. You can just go and listen to it, praying part two. Make sure you listen to both of them. Because if you want to know wisdom, you want to know how to not be offended. You want to know how to pray for your sisters. You want to know how to walk circumspectly where you're not falling into a pit, where you're not running through the minefield as fast as you can, just trying to hustle and get it over with. You need to get very specific about what you're praying for. And you need to spend a lot of time in prayer. So something that is on my to-do list today is I want to rewrite a prayer list. And I like to do this every so often because my prayers are constantly changing what I'm wanting wisdom over, God answers my prayers and I no longer need the wisdom because I've already gotten it and I can move on. Or I'm praying for things to happen like healing or um, just conversations to go through or for God's hand to be in a situation. And then the situation already happens and is gone. I don't really need to pray for that anymore. So my list is constantly evolving and changing. Now there are things on my list that never go away like my powerful motherhood prayer is, Lord, if there is anything unwholesome happening inside my house, reveal it and expose it immediately. And that is the prayer my kids do not like that I pray because God always answers that prayer. And give it about two days where I am very strategic and I am praying it very strongly 
about two days max and something happens. Like something is revealed to me. Someone tells me something, the school calls me, my kids rat each other out. I, I see something happening on mine. Like it always happens. So some prayers are the same and I pray for health and healing and safety over my family. And I will always pray for that. But some prayers change. So right now, my prayers, I have a lot of prayers of things that are happening right now that I need wisdom on. I have this situation with my friends and I don't really know what to do. And the scriptures say, do not trust yourself. Do not trust your own mind. Don't do that. You have to trust in what God tells you. So everything you're doing, you need to ask God for wisdom and what to do next. So this is a situation right now where I don't really know what to do. I know I need to pray for her, but I don't really know what else to do. So one of my prayers is for this friend. And I prayed very hard for her this morning for the devil to leave her alone in the name of Jesus, for God to place people back in her life, for him to speak to her, reveal himself to her, speak to her through songs and scriptures and, you know, put a notification on her phone of a Bible verse, like do something crazy where you're constantly showing yourself to her and speaking the truth to her. Get rid of the people in her life that are causing her to stumble or are deceiving her and block the temptations from the enemy. And I surrounded her with so much prayer today. That is one situation that I need to write on my list because I don't want to forget to pray for her in my busy day. I want to make sure this is at the forefront of my mind. So I am praying for the situation. I also want to make sure that I am not offending anyone else. And that nobody is offended because of me. So if there's anything that I'm doing where I'm being offensive, Lord, expose it to me. Help me to see it right away. Don't let this be the cause and the stumble for someone else. Help me to see things that I'm doing that are offensive. Convict me immediately. Take the scales off my eyes so I can see if I'm doing something that causes the offense. And also, if I am being offended... Help me to take down those walls and to trust in you, God, so that I do not get offended and not go to things because I'm offended. And I had a situation with a woman at church who I felt like she rejected me a couple of years ago. And ever since then, it has been a wedge in my walk with God and being plugged into my church. I have felt it. And it wasn't until a couple of weeks ago where I let go of that offense and realized that it was just a way for the devil to get me to keep one foot out of the door of church and one foot in the door. I never really got super close to this one group of girls because I felt like they didn't like me and that they rejected me at one point and they thought they were better than me and they were clicky and I was never invited to anything. And no matter what I did, I was never cool enough to be in their group. This is these these are real thoughts that I've had over the last few years over this group of women. And I realized a couple of weeks ago that none of that was true. None of it was true. And I wouldn't go places because they were going to be there. I wouldn't go to certain events because they were hosting them. I wouldn't do it. So the devil kept me on a leash, connected in myself where I wouldn't go to certain places because I couldn't go there. I, I couldn't go there in my mind. I could not show up to that person's house because those girls were there. And what if they rejected me again? And what if they wouldn't let me in? And now I look desperate because I'm showing up like, please be my friend, please be my friend. They're like, gosh, I can't believe Taryn's here. She's so annoying. This is literally how I was thinking. And it kept me away from what God wanted to do in my life. So you need to, this, so this is my homework. If you would like to also do this today, I strongly encourage, put this in your journal. I put things in my journal that I want to be able to go back and look at at the end of the year because I reread my journal all the time. I don't just wait till the end of the year. I reread my journal all the time. It's actually on my to-do list as well is to go back and reread my journal to see what God has told me, to see the things I prayed about that he has walked me through. Writing a prayer list of all of your current needs and needs of wisdom. Like if you need to know about a decision to make about your job or your marriage 
or your location of where you're going to live or what ministry you're going to plug into or how to raise your kids or how to have a tough conversation or how to get over this trauma that you've dealt with for so long. If you need to know these things and you start writing them down in prayers, you will see after a couple of days, weeks, months, that God has answered these prayers for you. One of the prayers that was at the top of my list for so long was help me discern what I'm supposed to do in ministry work. Do I continue my marriage ministry with my husband at my church? Do I plug into the women's ministry? Do I start a mom's ministry? Do I not do anything? What am I supposed to be doing? Help give me wisdom and guide me, direct me, because I have no idea what I want to do. I can't pick them all. I can't do all of this at the same time. It was the same when I needed to leave my job. Help me to decide what to do. Am I going to leave this industry? Am I going to leave it? Am I going to stay? Like, I don't know what to do. I'm so torn. And eventually I had an answer. Eventually I was like, the mom's ministry is where I'm going to focus. I'm going to leave my job. At one point I was like, oh God, like, please just help me. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I feel so confused. I feel so pulled. I feel so torn. And then all of a sudden one day I was like, this is what I'm doing. I'm quitting my job. But over time, I just had the wisdom. I just knew. And I knew that I knew that I knew that I was supposed to quit my job. Did I want to? No. Was I scared? Terrified. But I knew that this is what I was supposed to do. So you will get wisdom over time. So whatever you're going through right now, the things that you need to know, which decision do I choose? Do I take the job? Do I not? Do I go on the interview? Do I not? Do I go on the date? Do I not? Do I go to that church? Do I stay home? Do I go to a different church? Do I have the conversation? Do I see a therapist? Do I start looking at things online and do a video therapy? Like we have all of these decisions that we, we know the things that we need to do, but we're scared and there's different options. Start by thinking very deeply about what are the things you need wisdom over right now. And then think of what do you have going on that you need help with? Because God is going to go before you and he is going to go with you. So if there is a doctor's appointment that you have and you're terrified to go, you're scared of the procedure, you're scared of the results, you're, you're scared. Maybe there's a family member that's going to a procedure or an appointment or test results or something. And you're worried. Pray for peace. Pray for God to be felt in that moment. Pray for fear to leave you. If like we have this Friday as our very first mom's meeting at our church. And I am a little bit scared. Like I am like this. Okay. This is actually happening. We've been preparing to start this mom's ministry for a few months now. And it's finally here. The day is here where people are going to walk through the doors and expect us to deliver an encouraging, powerful, strong message. There's women in there that are brand new Christians. There's women in there that aren't even Christians. And there's women in there that are strong Christians that are our mentor moms that have been walking and following and have been a disciple of Christ for the last 30 years. You know how much imposter syndrome I have around this? Like me, I'm the one going on stage. Like I have literal pastors that are going to be sitting in the audience listening to our message. That is scary. Like, what if I mess up? What if I say the wrong thing? Who do I think I am? I'm going to get on stage and be like, I'm Taryn and listen to me. Like, I'm not a pastor. I'm not credentialed. I'm scared. I keep having the thought pop in my head like, oh my gosh, what if you forget what you're going to say? What if people are judging you? What if it's not good enough? What if people are like, this is what this meeting is? We're not coming back. What if there's a problem in childcare? What if the volunteers don't show up? What if something gets messed up? What if someone forgets something? What if we run over time or the tech stuff doesn't work? And I have to take control of my thoughts and say, nope, God is going to go before me and make a way, and he is going to go with me. And I have prayed about this mom's ministry, and I know that this is where I'm supposed to be. So on my prayer list today, I'm going to pray for confidence and boldness and excitement 
and for all of the fear to flee and all of the worry to flee because I know that I am answering the calling. God says to answer the calling. The phone is ringing. Answer the call. Follow where God is telling you to go, not where your mind is telling you to go, where you feel in your soul so deep that God is telling you the next move to make or the next thing to do. Your mind might not make sense of it. Your mind might be like, I am not going to do that. Like one girl that I was coaching, she lived here in the United States. Um, she was a full-time stay-at-home mom. And she had this thought in her, not thought, this soul feeling where she needed to move to Spain and become a teacher. And she was like, Taryn, I don't know why I keep like thinking that I need to move to Spain and be a teacher. Why do I keep saying this? And, and she would have dreams about it. And it's something in her kept telling her to do this. And so she did it. And God has had his hand on her life since. And her mind couldn't make sense of it. Like, we're not moving to Spain. I can't even speak the language. Like, how am I going to raise my kids in this other country? I'm going to leave my whole family. I'm going to leave my husband's job. We're going to leave and just pick up and leave their schools. And your mind can't make sense of these things, but God can. And he's placed these desires in you and these thoughts inside of you because he wants you to do something bigger. He wants you to do something more. Don't make sense of it in your own mind. Write it down. And if God is calling you and he is saying, leave your job, come into ministry work, move, do something. If he is telling you to do something, start a podcast, write a book, write a course, start coaching people, become a life coach, whatever he is pushing you. If you answer the calling, he will equip you. A lot of us feel like I'm not equipped. I can't move to Spain. I'm not equipped for this. You don't have to be equipped because God just says, answer the call and I will equip you when you go there. Like Moses not being able to talk and God says, go in front of the leaders and tell them to let your people go. And when Moses was like, okay, let's go. I'm going to start walking there. He brought the people that needed to be with him to help make him feel more confident to speak to the leaders. He equipped him with what he needed. The Bible is filled with that. Look at David and Goliath. David was like, I'll fight the giant. And he was this little tiny kid. Like, okay, you cannot fight the giant. Okay, you are not equipped to do this. But because David was like, I can do it. I can fight him. He equipped him. And he dried up the river and gave the rocks and showed him the perfect place to take him down. Like everywhere you read in the Bible, people are answering this message and God is equipping them. You are equipped once you answer the call in your life. So if there is a territory that you're moving into, you need to pray for wisdom because it's not just being offended. Yes, you need to write it on your list for God to expose areas where you are offended and the devil is using that as a stronghold in your life. And if you feel like there are a lot of reasons that you could be offended or you feel very offended in your spirit, or if you just feel like you need to read that book, that could be a breadcrumb that God is putting in front of you to follow him because he wants you to let go of this. Hearing this message, if you felt compelled to click on this recording out of all of the other 84 different episodes we have, this could be God leading you to your next spot and telling you, let go of this offense in your heart. And get the book, The Bait of Satan by John Bevere and read it because it is amazing and tells you how Satan is using this to keep you away, to keep you isolated, to divide you in your relationships and to destroy your relationships. Uh, the first thing that you needed to do was pray. So your homework, make a list of your prayers, things that you need wisdom on, things that you need God's help for. And the second thing that we are to do if we want to walk circumspectly is to surround ourselves with people who will speak the truth and will fight for us spiritually. If you don't have the people surrounding you to pull you out of the pit, if you fall in the pit, no one's going to know that you went missing. No one's going to know that you're in the pit. No one's going to be able to spot that and to see that. So if you don't have these people in your life, that will walk spiritually with you and will call you out on your 
BS and will call you out on your offenses and what you're doing, then you need to add that to your prayer list. Lord, bring me sisters in Christ that can walk side by side with me and can help me for this walk. And I promise you, God will bring you people in your life. It's one of my most powerful prayers I've ever prayed where God has showed up every single time and has brought me people in my life. Pray for a church to belong to. Pray for a group to attend. Pray for close, dear friends that are going to walk alongside of you where you can be your real, true, authentic self. I wasn't my real, true, authentic self until about a year and a half ago. All the way up until then, I was this different version of me, the version that I thought I had to be, the version that I created because of my hurt and my abandonment and my rejection, because of the approval I needed from others, because of my pride that I had, because of these things I needed to feel whole and to be satisfied, I created this different version of myself. And then I started to become my authentic version. And I started to tell people about my strongholds and my sins and my problems. And when I started doing that in a safe group of women, that is when I found my soul sisters, where we were connected on a soulful level, where I learned that I could be vulnerable. I could share how I feel. I could share what I'm doing. And these people are going to love me and accept me. They're not going to push me away. They're not going to judge me and make me feel worse. They're going to pray for me. They're going to understand that. You need a group of people and you need to be praying because the devil is out there looking for you. If you're not looking for him and being careful, you're going to step on a mine. You're going to blow up. You're going to step in a, in a snare. You're going to be pulled into a hole. You're going to make a step and it's going to be leaves and sticks that you're going to fall through right into the pit. No one's even going to know that you're missing. You need the people that are going to fight for you and say, hey, where have you been? You know, I can be part of your community. The people on this podcast, if you're getting on live, we can be a part of the community. But I don't know if you haven't gone to church in four weeks. I don't know if you keep blowing off your Bible study class that you said you were going to go to. I don't know that. I'm not in your town. I don't go to your church. You need people that can see you slipping away. You need people that can say, hey, where have you been? What's going on with you? You've been different lately. You were kind of quiet at church. What's going on? You need people like this in your life. So again, if you don't go to a church, you don't need to go to a church to go to heaven and to follow Christ. But the people at the church are going to protect you. You don't need to be in a village to raise your kids. But you'll probably be a lot safer if you plug into a tribe. And you're not just out there exposed. The gazelles don't need to be in a herd to stay alive but they'll probably stay alive a little longer if they are in a herd. You need your protection. You need your community. You need your people. And you need to go to a church in the community that you're currently in, even if you're traveling all over the place. Even when I go on vacation, I find a church to go to. We literally will be in vacation. We were on vacation for one week in Colorado and we prayed and we went to the church that we felt led to go to. And we plugged into their community and we showed up. You need to do this. So put this on your prayer list. Find me a community to belong to. Find me a group. Find me my women. Help me, guide me, lead me. And the last thing I want you to put on your prayer list is if there is anyone in your life that you have offended, have God expose them to you and go and make amends. Hey, I feel like I offended you at one point. I feel like I rejected you at one point. Hey, remember when we were at that party and I didn't really talk to you? Here's why, and I'm sorry. Here's why I've created distance between us. I'm sorry. I don't want you to be offended. If I have offended you, please forgive me. I don't want to be offending you. And pray for a friend that you can look out for and you can see and you can go rescue them because God's using you just as much as he's using me. Just as much as he's using John Bevere to write this book, just as much as he's using any disciple, anyone in the Bible, he has called you into greatness. And if you don't believe it, 
then the devil already won. You just have to believe that you are great. You are called to do something better. And that means to let go of this gunk and let go of these chains and to move forward into your calling and where you should be. So part two of praying is going to be on October 12th. And you'll be able to come back and listen to episode 85. Um, and, and part one was episode 80. So if you want to go back and listen to that, but don't let the devil hold you back. Read the book. If the book changes you and you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is totally a breadcrumb. Please message me on Instagram and let me know because I love to hear when people are going through things or like, because you talked about this, this, this happened and I made up with this person. Like, I love hearing these little praise reports. Um, so please keep them coming. Even if we've never talked ever, you can just message me on Instagram and I will get back to you. So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening live. All of you guys on here. I love you all. And I will see you back here on Wednesday. Well, have a great day. Be blessed. Don't be offended. Okay. Love you. Bye. Thank you for listening and spending your morning with me. I pray that God blesses your day and that he helps you to see the calling that is on your life. Lord, help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do. Help us to walk in our day side by side with you and link with your power instead of trying to do it on our own. We know we cannot do this on our own, although we try. Please continue to help us and continue to lead us and guide us. We love you so much in Jesus's holy name. Amen. Have a blessed day. Thanks for being here. Oh, and don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Taryn Sarconi so that you can grow with me and you can learn how to get out of the valley, how to stay out of the valley and exactly what to do to have the best life ever in 2022.